Yes, there is business life after lockdown, and just when we need them, here's some smart ideas from big industry names who are tapping into what customers now really, really want. We were built bricks and mortar first. We weren't a pure play online channels. We're never going to be bricks and mortar first again. People are going to travel once, but they're going to travel well. So we need to make sure that. The whole journey is as important as the destination, and that all the human touch points are going to be really, really spot on. Consumers will be more concerned about authenticity, how ethical products are, and I think that's something that has also kind of been really brought to mind、um, during this outbreak. Local marketing and local customers are going to be much more important for us than ever. Hello, I'm Nigel Cassidy, and on behalf of American Express, welcome to this first Insights Network podcast. So, how did we get here? Well, first, we were frightened, we hoarded, we improvised, and we homeworked where we could. Yet, all the while, we dreamt of escape. Well, now maybe we can, and it's the businesses who capture the new spending that'll be the most resilient. Those that can best change and adapt to customer needs, fears, and wants in this still COVID-weary world. With me to offer some hopefully inspiring insights into how they're thinking and rethinking about what might return to normal, what probably won't, and what might replace it. Arnaud Champenois is a French national with over 20 years' experience with luxury brands. He's senior vice president, marketing and brand at Belmont, a worldwide collection of high-end hotel, rail, and travel destinations. It's part of the world's largest luxury brand, LVMH, and it's in the throes of a string of data-driven changes to tap returning customers. So, hello, Arnaud. What are you dreaming of? What I'm dreaming of? I'm dreaming of、uh, my next holiday. Actually, I'd love to、um, to travel、uh, back in France and to、uh, try one of the of the barge we have on on a beautiful river. You know where you can hop from one vineyard to another vineyard and uh, and uh, to just、uh, enjoy the slow life. Madeleine Macy is chief marketing officer and acting creative director at Liberty, the London department store and design brand. She's been at the heart of complete physical and digital rebranding and the success of the glossy Liberty Customer magazine. Hello, Madeleine. So, what did you miss most in lockdown? What I miss most, apart from the fairly mundane and, and basic of going to a restaurant and not having to cook, which I loathe. I think what I really miss is actually going into the centre of London and really feeling that energy and that buzz and feeling really present in that moment. That's definitely something I miss. And even when I cycle up there now, it's still not quite the same. It has a different eerie mysticism about it. But yeah, London energy in its prime is what I miss. But first, it's hello to Fleur Roberts, who heads the Global Luxury Goods Research Program at Euromonitor International. She commands strategic analysis from 32 countries worldwide. Hi. Well, I think much like Madeline, I too am seriously missing London. But、um, I moved up to Snowdonia just before the lockdown, and now just dreaming of being in London, going to one of my lovely gyms. Going to have a coffee and then just having a walk in Hyde Park and being surrounded by 
all the wonderfulness that the London buzz has to offer. Now we've all learned that if we can't go out, then we have to bring the store of the event into our homes online. So, of course, anything on offer in a specific location is reliant on our ability to travel. But I guess what's changed has gone a lot beyond that, and it's got quite a lot to do with customers' attitudes. Generally, consumers are still very concerned about going out. There is still the fear of contagion in the retail space. Consumers, I think, still are very much attached to the digital aspect of shopping. Now that we're slowly coming out, obviously some some markets more than others, we are seeing consumers return to stores. There's still very much an element of wellness and and buying things for their their own well-being, whether that's mental health, physical health, or you know somehow managing to keep fit. Well, how does that resonate with you, Madeline Macy? Do you think people aren't ready to make bigger purchases? Well, it's interesting because uh, when we started, our business was 20% online. And then, of course, it dramatically switched to 100% online, which um, gave us a lot of different challenges. But it also gave us really interesting and immediate insight into how people were shopping and how their attitudes were changing to what they were buying. So fashion fell through the floor. I mean, nobody was buying fashion. Whereas beauty was still very high, which was interesting because people, instead of putting on makeup to go out, they were doing it for fun, which we thought was quite interesting. Um, and the one that really, the two things that were particularly interesting, when you talk about how much money they were spending and what they were spending it on, people were spending cash on things that were investments. So jewellery had a real spike. So jewellery is something you buy that's quite an emotional connection. You don't buy it to do something. You buy it because of something. And actually, the majority of our jewellery shoppers are actually women buying for themselves. So that was really interesting to see. But what prevailed more than anything was craft. So um, what Fleur was saying about well-being and, and doing things at home... We've always had an incredible craft community and it's it's something that we've always nurtured, but it went through the roof. So our fabric sales, crochet, pattern making, all of these things exploded and our community of crafters has grown extraordinarily. Where it comes from is having time. There were many brilliant and awful things, putting health aside, that came out of lockdown. One of them was actually recognising time and being able to be more present and think about how we'd like to spend our time. So crafting came out of it. Creativity came out of it. Now, are we going to consciously make sure that we maintain that own time? I hope so. That's certainly something that I personally am going to try and achieve as we go back to more of a normal life. But I think creativity comes out of having that moment. Well, let's bring in Arno here. Before we get stuck into the detail of your business, let's just talk a little bit about what you know or have found out about your customers, how they're feeling, particularly in relation to to experiences and travel and what you offer. For travelers, you know, I think it's been extremely difficult because uh, basically we could not travel again. The desire was still there. And I think uh, as the world is starting to wake up again, we really see a lot of desire to travel again. Actually, I was reading in uh, in a white paper from BCG uh, yesterday that 60% of top tier customers cannot wait to travel again. So which is a positive news, you know, because we we see this very strong desire still very alive. 
So uh, from a, a brand point of view at Belmont, what we try to do is to really um, keep travel dreams alive, you know, and keep inspiring them. But before that, what is very important for sure is to make people comfortable to travel again. So when it comes to hygiene and safety, you know, uh, we need to communicate even more about all the, the process, all the, the protocols we have reinforced to make sure that they feel really, really uh, comfortable to travel again. Is there a recognition there that maybe you could go too fast offering people things before they feel comfortable taking them up? No, I don't think so. I think the, the, what we need to do is to make sure that the guest experience will be as good as it was before, even better. We need to reassure them that if they travel, they feel at home, you know, and there is uh, something which I, I find very interesting is like the difference between service and hospitality. So service, you know, can be done in many ways, but through technology, we can we can do and offer a seamless service to our guests and our travelers. But what is important and even maybe more important than ever is hospitality with personality. So that warmth, that intimacy, and it's the Belmont way and how we, we want to make sure that travel experience is as intimate, as personal, as warm as it was before. Well, with that in mind, let me turn to Fleur from Euromonitor. We've already touched on this with Madeline talking about crafts and people with time at home. What sort of behavioural changes do you think might be retained post-crisis? I think there's a couple of trends that we were already seeing before the outbreak took place, which have essentially been amplified or magnified. So the trend of wellness, mental and physical well-being. I think people will be investing more in home wellness, home fitness, anything to do with your well-being overall. I think the digital aspect, which again was booming before the outbreak took place, but obviously, you know, owing to the, the lockdown, um, I think that's something that has been accelerated, whether brands were already doing amazing things with super apps and God knows what in place um, to enhance the customer experience through digital. That's something that we're seeing all brands now kind of accelerating projects there. But also, I think the element of sustainability and social responsibility, I think that element is definitely here to stay. And I think consumers will be more concerned about how ethical products are. And I think that's something that has also kind of been really brought to mind um, during this outbreak. But Madeleine, if you walk into Liberty, obviously lots of products to make us feel good in the broadest sense. But health and wellness as such, because it's not perhaps the first thing that might come to mind going into a luxury store. No, health and wellness. So that, I think, comes in many forms. And Fleur has talked about mental health and community. Social responsibility was was the word that she just used. Now, that, that I think, is really important. I think all businesses have started to really wake up to the importance of corporate social responsibility. Um, some of them are far more advanced than others, but it is now, I think, right at the top and certainly should be right on the top of everybody's agenda. As an organization, what can we do to support community? And so when we talk about wellness, I mean, we're not selling Pelotons, but what we can do is we have um, an incredible Liberty community and how can we bring those people together to help others? So this year we just launched a um, initiative called Liberty for Life, whereby we select certain charities that um, we feel very passionately about that we can support. 
and charities in this time, my goodness, they're, in times of hardship, they're the ones who get hit the hardest because everyone pulls their arms in. Um, so it's very important that, 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 you know, we keep embracing these issues and that's how we will be looking after people. Arno, these kind of initiatives can be very costly. You're part of LVMH, the largest luxury brand group in the world, but they must put some financial restrictions on you. You have to perform. And I wonder, is there a concern as to how much you have to invest in initiatives that uh, certainly your customers like, that make them feel good, but might actually hurt your bottom line? I think we need to be uh, agile and creative, for sure. But, uh, of course, we still have the, the support of, uh, you know, LVMH behind us to, uh, to keep that dream alive, what I was saying, uh, before and maybe to try to look at new targets as well, how we can have a, a broader set of travelers, uh, moving forward. You know, I think somehow lockdown has enabled us to be very, very creative and to, um, somehow democratize the brand. Um, we've been, um, extremely, um, so we try to be very, very creative online and to dialogue with our audience. Uh, and I think this is a big shift. I think especially when it comes to social media, before people were very, we, we were growing our following, but at the same time, we were not very engaging with them. And with uh, the lockdown, it's been a major shift in communication. We almost like created a, a travel community, you know, where we could share meaningful content. I don't know if, you, if you've seen what we've done, but we tried to really bring the magic of Belmont at home. Somehow we did a, we've done a lot of live streaming with uh, some, uh, uh, you know, performers or some um, from mindfulness to poetry, from music to uh, arts. We kind of brought the, the culture and nature to your home. And I think uh, we um, this relevant content was was very strong and, and appealing for generations of traveler. So live streaming, Instagram TV, augmented reality filter, all this. And, and, and it, when it comes to travel, you know, Instagram somehow has become almost like the new lonely planet when it comes to, uh, create that desire to travel again and pick the next places you want. The, the bucket list, which is very, very important, is there. I, I think what we've tried to do is to be creative, to uh, connect even more than, when, than ever with our guests, to listen to them, not to follow trends, but to follow our guests and our customers. And Fleur, again, this is about those changed attitudes. You know, maybe travelling less, uh, but spending more on travel where you feel safe, where you feel secure, where you you feel is value for money, where you're having the customer service that you think you know you should have in in that environment. Or similarly, instead of you know buying lots of products, actually just buying a few products and just buying you know one beautiful luxury bag or you know skincare that you know is actually going to work or a wonderful fragrance. So I think heritage, value for money, sustainability, I think these are all things that are really going to be important. Retail has had to change for a long time and people have been very resistant to change, understandably, because that's what we do. But this is the moment where those who have either embraced it or those who can be agile or those who have enough of a cushion um, to not go into panic mode, uh, I really think that, that this has been, this will be the catalyst for that change in retail. Well, next, let's look in a bit more detail at what the two companies represented here have been doing or experiencing, uh, starting with Arnaud Champenois at Belmont. You have hotels, trains, restaurants, experiences, 
presumably everything went down to zero. So what sort of information have you taken on board to guide how you come back? So I think that what I was saying earlier about the guest-centric approach and to uh, to follow our guest and to make sure that this engagement, this connection was very, very close. So to, to maintain a dialogue with, with the guest and the travelers was very, very important for us on social platforms. And this is something we, we've done also across all our digital uh, channels, CRM, uh, using uh, the, the informations we have about our guests in past days and also what we call clienteling, so working closely with, with our trade partners, travel agents around the world to make sure that we stay in touch and we we curate the, the right uh, rebound for them. And I think what has been interesting so far, you know, we just reopened our first two iconic hotels in Venice, the Cipriani, and uh, in Portofino, the Splendido. And it's been amazing to see uh, our loyal guests coming back first, you know, like coming back home somehow. The big shift is that local marketing and local customers are going to be much more important for us than ever. So Italian for Italy, uh, UK for UK, Americans for the US properties, Asian guests for Asian properties. So it's a it's a big shift for us. We just launched our first Italian campaign in Italian language. We've never done that before and it was quite interesting to work on a, on the content strategy which was really relevant for Italian people and they are proud of being Italian. We're going to do the same now uh, in the UK to uh, really leverage the, what is quite quintessentially British, you know, the, the, the picnic in the countryside, uh, Scotland, the breakfast on the balcony in Chelsea, this kind of dream, which is very, very British. And then in Asia, we have a campaign which is very focused on family, the sense of traveling together again, spending time with family. So the approach of different type of content for different markets is, is very relevant for us short term. It will be more and more important to focus on, of course, the global brand, but also the local perception of the brand. This idea of localism, as, as Arnaud was talking about, I think, if anything, it's going to be a positive as we move forward, as we do become more concerned about the authenticity of products, but also as brands look to manage their supply chains better. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that many of the, the luxury brands were facing was issues around supply chains because half of their products could be made in China or somewhere else on the other side of the world. So, no, that was a massive issue in getting inventory to the store. So I think more brands will be looking at narrowing their supply chains. But I think, if anything, it's going to be a positive as we move forward. Well, it's time to Liberty next. Madeline, what's it been like in the last few weeks and months? Well, look, it hasn't been easy the way that it hasn't been easy for anybody else. I don't think we came across anything that was unique to us. Um, in fact, I think it's fair to say we probably had the best-looking warehouse in central London as our e-commerce sales flew. And uh, we had volunteers from store staff who wanted to come in and help fulfill those orders, all obviously under very strict governmental guidelines. But that's what happened. So, so all of our um, existing customers went online. And what was so interesting about what Arno was saying about the local custom is we saw an extraordinary growth online of our international custom. 
we've been acquiring new customers from overseas onto our online business. I'm by no means saying that we match the sales from before the lockdown, but certainly what is pleasing is that we are setting ourselves up with a, a base of customer that is different and new, engaged and growing. Um, so the future looks bright um, and our challenge is to make sure that we keep them engaged now and in the, the near future where we're still going to be uh, encountering lots of change. By the way, we still have Brexit. Does anyone remember that? You know, we still have a huge amount of things that are going to be coming our way. So agility has been key in all of this from the start. Being able to recognize shifts in patterns, customer behavior, customer um, buying behavior, and then not forgetting, you're looking at that data, but being really smart about balancing that off about with the zeitgeist of the time, you know, how are people actually feeling? I read every single piece of copy that was going out to our customers, every single email on every single social media post, because to strike the wrong tone would be so fundamentally damaging when people are scared and are anxious and are thinking about other things. It's not the time to say, hey, you know, let's buy something pretty. You just have to be really smart. You know, it was it was very, very stressful. But I feel that we are now um, out of that point of paddling like a swan underwater and looking calm on top to actually feeling like we're being very proactive in the moves we're making and moving forward in a very definite way. And that feels like quite an exciting time. Because, Madeline, you were already behind plan changes at Liberty as it was. So was this good or bad timing that you ended up doing it all at a time of COVID? It was dreadful timing, dreadful timing, but absolutely had no control over it. When things come your way, it's up to you about how you want to paint it. So would we have done a complete replatform of our website and risked sales, which was our only point of commerce? No, that wouldn't have been our choice. But you know what? We've been working on it for two years. We wanted to upgrade our beautiful website and it is now stunning. And as our window to the world and as our currently our biggest point of commerce, it should be the most fantastic it could be. So it does make sense to change it and make it gorgeous. And at the same time as doing that, we rebranded our entire company. We've changed the logo. We work with Pentagram, who are an incredible creative agency. Again, we've been doing that for a year and I was going to launch it in March. Clearly, that was the wrong time. But we also wanted to line it up with our website relaunch. So you know what? Let's just do it. Let's have a great good news story. Let's turn it to our advantage. I would have loved to have had a bigger bang. I would love to have had a bigger moment. I would love to have done a big paid advertising campaign, but that's not the world that we're in. So it's about making your lemonade with your lemons. So in a way, Fleur Roberts at Euromonitor, this is a window of opportunity. I'm always surprised, for example, if I pass a grotty-looking pub and that it's closed and they haven't spent the time doing it up. It is a window of opportunity, but it is closing. It's been an amazing opportunity to reach out to customers, to create a dialogue with customers, but also to invest that time in in their you know philanthropic gifting. And and I think that's probably one of the the most wonderful things that we've seen you know active in hospitality or in in retail. Um, so we had LVMH opening up their fragrance or their you know their perfume factories to make hand sanitizers. Um, luxury hotels were opening their doors and their kitchens to either, you know, to provide rooms for care workers or, you know, key workers, opening their kitchens to, to supply food for those more needy. So there have been amazing things that have taken place. And again, going back to what Madeline was saying about 
those brands coming out better than others. I think those brands or, or companies that were able to react and were able to reach out to their consumers and, and create either maintain the relationship or even, you know, create new relationships. I think those definitely will be the ones that come out stronger. Well, at the time of talking, things have eased a little. And I guess customers might think it a bit cynical if these social initiatives were stopped. Yes, you know, there is, a, you know, we're all slightly fickle. But I think there is very much an element of brand loyalty. This time is so huge and will have such a massive impact on our lives. I think, you know, once we have established that relationship, I think if that's been a really positive experience, I'm communicating with companies that I, I haven't done before. One of the gyms that I use have gone virtual and they're on Instagram and there are people from all over the world doing the same classes as I am. And it could well be that, you know, when they come to London, they will go to that gym and do a class or it could be that these companies, they carry on doing these virtual experiences and it could be that instead of just being local, they're actually talking to people all over the world. So it's kind of emotional connection which brands, retailers do need to foster now. Going into a chain store after lockdown, I was struck by the fact that in a place where you're usually completely ignored, I was greeted, you have to wait a bit to go in, but I was greeted, there's staff on the floor to help. Now, I know at the higher end of the market, you already do a lot more of that, but this is a welcome change. I think it's all about human connection, you know, how we bring that personality of our staff at the centre of a service culture. Going back to the warmth and the intimacy that we can generate is going to be even more important to create these kind of places where you feel at home and you really connect to the people and engage to what matters most. It can be nature, culture, uh, your own well-being, but how you really uh, engage with, with the destination and the, the place you are. I think in the future, people are going to travel once, but they're going to travel well. So we need to make sure that the whole journey is as important as the destination and that all the human touch points are going to be really, really spot on. So from the reservation to the welcoming to the food and beverage experience, how do we do social distancing in style and how we really kind of... Uh, up to the to the departure, how we create those emotional memories. And because people are going to invest even more emotions, each trip has to be really, really great in the future uh, because people are going to travel uh, less often, but for a longer period of time, for sure. We need to make sure that all those little touch points are really, really spot on and human connection will be at the core of that. But of course, Madeline, this selling ceremony, if we want to call it that, has all changed. I mean, where possible, you don't want customers touching goods. I mean, how do you deal with all that? Well, it's interesting because it's, it's very much the same as Arno. but w what we're doing is we're going to use technology to our advantage in order to take the experience and the personality of our sales staff who, who are fantastic, um, some of the best in the field, but how can we bring that experience and bring that enthusiasm and knowledge to our customers when they don't want to come into the store? So it's all about uh, we're setting up ways that we can 
digitally connect. So maybe it's one-on-one Zoom appointments. Maybe it's chats through our social commerce. Um, there, there are many different things that we're going to bring into play. But very much tech is the support role rather than the lead role. It's an enabler for for us to be able to still do those sales and still connect with the customer and still bring that liberty, personality, and point of difference. It's not going to change. It's just going to be enabled. So, Fleur Roberts, it's all about engendering loyalty, and a lot of this has to be done online and on social media. Yes, it it is quite amazing to see how quickly consumers have moved online. And I think that, you know, the whole digital mindset of consumers would have changed forever. And if we take ZARS, for example, that took place in Asia a few years ago, that almost changed the way the Chinese in particular, shop full stop. The fact that the digital shopping channel was so strong and not just the digital shopping channel, but also, you know, the whole, the supply chain in terms of, you know, the last mile delivery. So there were things like some retailers were using, literally using robots to deliver goods. The way we shop has definitely changed forever on on the back of this. and, And we will see more consumers being more confident in digital and obviously with that you know we will see stronger payment platforms and other things in place digital things in place to to make sure that the consumer is safe and also you know has an experience through shopping just as as Madeline was talking about you know with Liberty and what they're doing or similarly what hotels are doing to you know to reach out to to customers through through digital and to try to kind of almost create that experiential luxury before you've even booked your holiday. The digital channels are more more important than ever, of course. What is interesting is that social media is not only for millennials, you know, and especially when it comes to travel now, I think it's very important for us to target people through their passion for travel, their passion for nature, culture, uh, good living, wellness in general. So it's not about uh, generations anymore. It's about mindset. When it comes to marketing, what we're trying to do is to develop really relevant content according to this different passion. And um, I call it imaginaire de marque, you know, like how you project your brand DNA into into marketing, you know. So I think what is important is also what we do at the local level. We have some uh, partnerships. So, for instance, here we um, we have a partnership in uh, with Leica, the camera brand, where we uh, develop some uh, content around nature with beautiful walks, itinerary at dawn, to really reconnect to to nature early mornings. And I think it, it, it's fantastic for the guests to uh, to be able to do that. We have a partnership with the London Philharmonic Orchestra here in London, where we invite the orchestra to. Uh, play their exceptional music, you know, exceptional places around the world. So we invite them to uh, perform, you know, by the falls in Iguazu, by, uh, uh, you know, safari camps in Botswana, to really have this kind of exceptional moments for guests to, uh, to remember. And of course, we broadcast that. So we film... And with the help of influencing marketing and influencers, you know, we kind of like have the content. We make the people dream with with this uh, exceptional content around the world. So, Madeline, as we try and start wrapping this up, do you think that it matters how you dealt with issues during COVID? Does it matter as the world moves on? I'd like to think it does matter with our customers. They're very tuned in. It's interesting because, for example, the, the things that we've, we've done during lockdown, one of the things we did was we gave our own staff free Liberty fabric to make scrubs for the NHS, Scrub Hub. And we ended up giving 
5,000 meters of fabric. It was over a hundred thousand pounds. And that was just to our own staff because they were all making scrubs. Now we did that not for the publicity. We did it because it felt it was the right thing to do. And our staff wanted to do it clearly. Very nimble fingered bunch. Things like that. Yes, we've shared it with our customers now, but that wasn't why we did it in the first place. I think operating with integrity is really key and making sure the things you're doing isn't because you want a headline. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do for your, for your brand, for your people. And that's really key. So I think if you are st- true first to the DNA of your brand and to what is the right thing to do and just to try and be a good company, then those are things that will, will see you much further than this crisis. So Fleur, if you had to give businesses one piece of advice as they try and build beyond COVID, what would it be? Obviously, having strong supply chains, providing a seamless omni-channel, we have already seen the industry becoming more engaging and personal, but I think establishing empathy will increase in importance. And I think, again, going back to maybe what Arnaud was saying about the personal touch, I think the human element really has never been more important. And I think that's where we will really see the luxury industry moving on the personal touch and the human touch. And on a champenois? I fully agree with the human touch. I would add a touch of fantasy. I think the world desperately needs a bit of fantasy right now. And um, this is uh, really uh, one of the purpose of luxury is to bring that fantasy. And Madeleine Macy at Liberty, a thought from you to end? I have two thoughts, actually, if I may. One of them is to see this moment as an opportunity to relook at the strategy of your company and the way that you've built yourself. So we were built bricks and mortar first. We weren't a pure play online channel. So how is that going to... We're never going to be bricks and mortar first again. I don't even think we'll get to 50-50 status. So how do you relook at the way your company is shaped. So that will be one thing. The other thing is while you're doing that is to also remain agile because we are still in winds of change and nobody quite knows where a a firm footing is. So whatever you do, you need to stay really connected to the data to the customer behavior, but also generally, you know, use your common sense. What makes sense in this moment in time? What are people going to respond to? What are you responding to? So I would always balance off the data with sense and sensibility. Well, thanks for that. With that thought from Madeline, we've come to the end of our time. It's been great to hear how all your businesses have responded to nothing less than a cultural reshuffle in our time. And clearly customers want to be part of that conversation. Let me thank Belmont's Arno Champenois, Madeleine Macy from Liberty and Euromonitor's Fleur Roberts. This has been an Insights Network podcast from American Express, produced by me, Nigel Cassidy, and Gabrielle Shaw Communications. Thanks very much for listening. Listener.